Welcome to the Open Door Policy. Each week on this podcast, we sit down with a different guest and talk about a letter. Archbishop Vigneron's Unleash the Gospel Pastoral Letter. Let's do it. Let's talk right. about it. Be about it. This week, we're talking with Juliana Carlini. Juliana is a nurse here in Metro Detroit. She was homeschooled growing up, and now she's an active member of the Archdiocese of Detroit Young Adult Community. I spent two weeks with Juliana and a number of other pilgrims this summer hiking the Camino de Santiago, and we're going to hear how that and other things have impacted her life in living out Unleash the Gospel. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining Thanks us for today. Me. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Um, we, we always start off with our rapid fire questions. So these are just 20 questions we're going to ask you. Let's do and, it. And uh, have you answer them, you know, just kind of whatever comes to mind, okay? All right. Danielle's going to start off for us. First question What did you eat for breakfast? Well, I got home from work at 8 o'clock this morning and then just went straight to bed. So nothing. Nothing. All right. And what is something that you remember from your grandparents' house? Um, my grandma lives in Florida, but uh, she has a lot of books. All right. Too, but um, are, you, are, you, are you more of a morning or a night person? Um, I work at night, but I'm a morning Great. person. All right, Juliana, what is one thing that annoys you the most? Mm, traffic. Traffic. <laughs> Okay, you just want a road trip for the weekend, okay? Uh, okay. Where are you going to go, and who are you going to take with you? I'm going to go to the UP nice. and probably take um, just a couple girlfriends that I have that were really, really close, and we travel well together. Uh, Juliana, where's your happy place? Federation Chapel. Any particular one? Um, I really like the ones at St. Joe's in Lake Orion. Great. Sweet. What's the last photo you took? Um, I was at like a fall festival on Saturday and I was decorating pumpkins with some kids. So I took a picture of a girl with a really cute pumpkin that she painted. <laughs> That's great. What would you tell middle school age Juliana? Oh my gosh, to talk more probably. All right. Uh, let's say your house is on fire, everyone's safe. What are three things you're going to take with you when you leave? I have a cross that I got when I was in Ireland that I would probably grab off the wall. I'd probably grab I have a box of like letters that friends have written me over the years, so probably that. And um, oh gosh, maybe my favorite pair of shoes. Is that dumb? <laughs> don't don't be barefoot, yeah. Man. Uh, Juliana, who in your family has had a big impact on your faith life? Uh, my mom. And who was one of the first people you met who has totally sold out for the Lord? Probably my freshman year roommate in college. Yeah, we started a rosary club in our dorm. <laughs> to say the rosary every night. Right. That was her idea. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and what's an award you won as a kid in middle school, high school? I won the spelling bee like every year. Get it done. Sweet. Yeah. Getting done. <laughs> um, here's, here's a more personal question. When was the last time that you cried? Last night. A patient hit me. Yeah. yeah. And if your life was made into a movie, what genre would it be? And who would play you? So people say I look like Anne Hathaway a lot. Honestly, I, I was going to say yeah, that. Yeah, I don't but know. But I was like, I can't, I can't make her say that. Yeah, I know everybody says that. I don't see it. But um, what genre would it be? Yeah. Um, Probably something like the office where I just like look at the camera a lot and I'm like <laughs> situational comedy Mo yeah. mockumentary yeah. yeah 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 
Why do I have to explain everything? Because we're usually not on the same page. Are you, are, would you consider yourself more of a dog person or a cat person? Probably cat. Probably cat. All right. Awesome. There we go. 20 questions. That was 20? Yeah. That was 20. Jumping in to just kind of chat a little bit more about yeah. these. So, okay, so one thing that you said was if you could tell middle school you something, you would tell her to talk more. What yeah. What should middle school you say? I feel like I had a lot to say, but I was maybe just like, I'm, I'm a good listener, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, save, just like tell other people like to be nice and um just maybe bring other people together instead of just being the listener kind of in the background like use the voice to kind of bring people together and find like what is common in all of us but yeah that's great yeah so you're a morning person who works midnights yeah so mm -hmm. the breakfast question doesn't make any sense for yeah. you right yeah <laughs> my eating schedule is very off my sleeping schedule is very strange but yeah. Did it take a long time to figure out how to do midnights as a morning person? I'm still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just depends on like what else I have going on. Um, yeah, it's not it's not ideal. It's not what I would choose. But it's the problem is not staying awake at work. Like I have no trouble doing that. I'm busy. The trouble is um, like sleeping during the day for me. And then like when I do have to do something, I'm like oh well, usually I'm going to bed at this time so yeah that's a little tough yeah my sister worked midnights for a while it's yeah. it's tricky just to like even hang out with friends yeah. in like their same time zone yeah so. for sure I hear that but you were talking about your girlfriends and you guys yeah. were gonna go to the UP yeah what what are you guys gonna do in the UP um I mean I did one hiking trip up there and I just absolutely loved it it's so peaceful it's so quiet Juliana, uh, yeah. what is about the Adoration Chapel at St. Joe's? Like, that's your happy place, huh? Yeah, I. there's something about being in just, like, such an intimate place with the Lord or maybe, like, sharing it with another person who's also kind of experiencing the same thing. It's just a, it's a simple place. It's quiet. Um, during Adoration, I'm the weird person that likes to, like, put in their headphones. Mm -hmm. so people probably look at look at me and be like what is she doing like Rocking that's so out. disrespectful yeah. <laughs> but for me that definitely helps to like call me and put me in the moment so yeah St. Joe's Adoration Chapel seats about nine people yeah uh, yeah and it's really crowded <laughs> with nine people yeah so I know what you mean about the intimacy there yeah. yeah you're like you can like the first kneeler is literally like two feet away from the Eucharist so yeah kneeling that first one it's like yeah. whoa I remember being there uh, as a priest and that praying was your in that first chapel. assignment. Wasn't it was, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, praying and kneeling and hearing someone behind me go, "Psst, psst, <gasps> Father," and they passed me a note. No, and I was like, no. "Am I going to get in trouble for taking notes here?" And it was, "Where in the Bible does it no say way. this passage?" Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's one of my great memories of that's people really wanting funny. to know Scripture more and that's more delightful. in that chapel. Wow, yeah. that's really but, funny. You know what I, I thought was another interesting question is freshman roommate. Yeah. What's her name? Her name was Bianca. Bianca. Are yeah. you guys still in touch? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we only lived together that one year, but um, she was kind of the first person that maybe, like, talked about Jesus just in, like, casual conversation or talked about, like, prayer and casual conversation. Was that weird when you first heard her? It was. That? Well, first of all, I was thinking, like, like, never in a million years would I have thought coming to, like, a public university right. would I have, like, met someone like this. Where'd you go? I went to Oakland University. Oakland. Yeah, I lived on the door on campus there Golden for four years. Grizzlies. But yeah. Yep, yep. 
Um, I didn't have, I'm not super attached. I teach there now, but like, I'm not a big sports person. So, so, but she was like talking about Jesus and prayer and our conversation. Yeah. And just being like, what do you think about this? And I had never really like had those kind of conversations before. And like really the only people I'd ever like prayed with, I guess on a regular basis was my family. Mm -hmm. And so she was like, do you want to start? like saying the rosary every night together and I was like okay and then we would invite other people on our floor and it was just kind of like known that like you could come here at eight o'clock and we'd pray the rosary and like we had sometimes like 10 12 people in there so and then she ended up starting like the Catholic Student Society there um which was awesome so do you feel like you changed in some ways through knowing Bianca oh for sure yeah looking back especially like the more and more I think about it I'm like that was providential for sure she had a very strong personality, so that was, like, really weird for me, too. Yeah. Um, just, like, pretty much opposite of mine. But um, just hearing her talk, I was like, I should probably do this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she challenged me a lot, for sure. Yeah. What was one of the most challenging things that you guys did? Kind of getting, again, like, the only people I'd really talked to about the faith was my family, which, like, generally they probably right. think the same way as you. So mm-hmm. just hearing someone say, like, well, I don't think that about purgatory or I don't think that about heaven. It's like, well, why not? Like, how can you not think the same way <laughs> right. as me? Yeah. So, yeah, just kind of learning to see something from another person's perspective was a really good lesson that that I learned talking with her. Yeah, it's so cool to meet someone. I think about, like, just meeting people when I was in college or younger and who are just living this kind of life for the Lord that is like, wow, man, that is, you got it, right? Like yeah. there's something in you that's attractive and that is is beautiful and totally authentic. And so as you're talking about your roommate, I'm thinking about people I know that yeah. had that impact on me too. And that was that was so cool. Yeah. And also during that formative part of your life too. When you're right. in yeah. college oh, and you're yeah. like, where where are the places that I belong? Who are the people who are like in my tribe, as it yeah. were? Right. And to oh, come across sure. this person who's like sold out and you're like, oh man, yeah. this is the life I'm living now. Or, or even like, what is my tribe? Right. right? And yeah. you're like, this is a tribe. I don't know if I'm in yet, yeah. but yeah. I... I like, I kind of want to like be. I like that, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to be there. Yeah. So. Yeah. What did the other kids on your floor think about rosary time? Or was it, like, a secret or what? So I think maybe at first, like, I was a little like, well, I'm not really going to invite anybody to this. And then. We're going to keep this yeah. on the down low. So the first couple <laughs> of people that joined us were some girls who had gone to Regina. So I felt, really pretty comfortable asking them, like, you guys, you guys know what this is. And um, you guys want to do this with us? Um, but, yeah, even, like, we lived on all-girls floor. The floor above us was an all-guys floor. And so some of them would come down sometimes. Who yeah. was the most surprising person that you were ever like, whoa, didn't expect, but yeah. thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, some of the guys, I think, from upstairs that, yeah, maybe had never didn't even know what it was. Like, right. They were just there to kind of see. But, I don't know, it was interesting talking to one of my friends that, one of the girls that, um, had gone to Regina, like talking to her, like just recently, like this year, or last year, or something, like not really realizing how much of an impact that had on her. Yeah. Like she had never, she had like you know been around people who were praying it, but maybe it wasn't part of her like regular prayer life. And she was like, that like kept me going in my faith. Like, wow. and she had never like kind of said that, or I had never realized that. Right. Um, but kind of hearing her say that, I was like, wow, that was definitely a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, but again, those formative years, right? Yeah. Where Bianca has this impact on you, and then yeah. you 
you're going out and sharing that with other people and yeah. hearing now yeah. the impact that had on them. Yeah, that's really cool. Great story. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Juliana, that was an awesome rapid fire session. Yeah. High five. (laughs) So, are you ready to testify? Yeah. Take us to church. So, you're just telling us a story, Juliana, um, and we're going to actively listen. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. Jump in whenever. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying that the first person that ever asked me to share my testimony in like a legit way, I guess, was you, Father Steve, wow. um, while we were on Camino. Oh, wow, look at that. Yeah, while we were on Camino. So um, he's heard this before. Um, but it's good. So I get to hear it again. Yeah. So um, I guess I'll start off like I was raised in a Catholic household. Um very like loving devoted but also very like strict in a sense fasted from meat on fridays mass every sunday rosary every night um it was very much a part of our lifestyle and um but i think because of the strictness i almost had this like relationship with god where it was based on fear instead of the love um the loving relationship and um it was more like emphasized on the rules of like what not to do it was kind of how i lived my life like what can I do until I can't do certain things? Yeah. And um, that's kind of how I lived. Went to Catholic school, um, K through 12, um, had really good friends, um, and then went to Oakland. And there, I think, was, like, the first time, like I had previously mentioned, like, you meet people that don't think the same way. Right. And, like, you can't even fathom how they think that way. But I think I was also, like I said to you, like, quiet and shy. And so I was, I was scared of, like, standing out and scared of looking – like weird and so I stopped doing a lot of the things that I had done kind of just out of routine sure so like but always went to mass on Sunday um and then it wasn't until my senior year of undergrad where I um had a friend who you know we had this um relationship we were we were friends and they kind of challenged me by saying like well I don't really want to continue this relationship if you're going to stay Catholic um and I think that convicted me by thinking, like, uh, if this relationship is going to end, like, because of this one thing, like, this one thing better be worth it. Right. So I started just, like, digging into my Catholic faith, but almost more of, like, I want answers type thing. And just more knowing, I say it was, like, a period of my life knowing more about God than actually knowing God. Um it was a really fruitful time, like got into apologetics, uh, listened to Scott Hahn and Catholic Answers and things like that, a lot, read sure. a lot of books. Yeah. Um, and then probably a year after that, I had plans to go to a wedding in Arizona for my friend. And so that was all set. And then my brother and I were going to road trip to California. Um, and that was all set. And then kind of through either, I don't remember exactly, planning that trip and then also studying, like Steubenville came up and I had kind of, you know, known about Steubenville and kind of actually wished I had been able to go there. But and when you say Steubenville came up, you mean a conference or you guys were going to visit the school? So there was a conf. I was like looking into Steubenville conferences Got in it. Ohio, but then I saw that there was one in San Diego and I was like, that's funny timing. I'm actually going to be in San Diego at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, that'd be kind of interesting. So my brother's like, yeah, but you know, you can go and I'll just like hang around the city. So I went to this conference for the weekend, kind of with no expectations. Like, um, yeah, still had this attitude of like, oh, I know about my faith, but didn't really have this relationship. And um, 
the first thing I was really surprised at but was by all the people on the campus that it was a young adult conference there were kids uh there was a kids conference going on as well but meeting other young adults that like had no problem just like talking about Jesus and talking about their prayer life and like you know there was praise and worship music and speakers that were just like so on fire and I was like what is this um that was not your experience growing up at all no not like I listened to Gregorian chant growing up in classical music and just very traditional um so at first I it was kind of weird for me but there was something that was attracting me to it for sure and this is while you're still in college or you this is about a year after okay yeah so like summer of um 2016 but um yeah so then there, that was kind of like the first day um and then of course the student conference they have the night of eucharist adoration and i say i don't like to point to like one moment in my life yeah. um and god doesn't normally speak to me in like massively like profound ways it's kind of like more quiet and gentle but that was one moment where he just completely reached into my life and just revealed himself to me in a really powerful way and i just remember like crying the whole time and hearing God's voice for the first time um, and him just showing me how much he loved me. So that was really, really incredible. I think that's why I love adoration so much yeah. and yeah. awaken because it reminds me of that experience right. for sure with the music and then the lights and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I came home from that and then they had told us at the conference, like you'll, you'll go home and it'll be like good for a while. You'll be on this high, but then like, you know, maybe the people around you won't kind of feel the same way. Um, which I did kind of feel a little bit of that, but looking back, I can definitely see God's hand being like, here's this one person at this, at this time. And then here's another person and here's this opportunity. Um, so definitely since then, just trying to grow the relationship and still learning about my faith, but always coming back to that, you know, loving relationship. And then I guess all kind of culminating in the pilgrimage that I got to go on this past summer. Yeah. I Um, heard that was pretty awesome. Yeah, you should have been there. <laughs> so full disclosure, Juliana and I and 14 other pilgrims were yeah. in uh, Santiago, Spain, yeah. walking the Camino. But you did another part of it as well. Yeah, a couple of us were able to get some more time off of work beforehand and um, had the opportunity to go to Paris for a little bit of time. And then Lisieux, France, and then Lourdes as well. Spend a couple of days in Lourdes, which was, which was really, really incredible. It was a very good pre-trip um, kind of a time of recollecting and collecting myself like before we walked uh, the if Camino. If someone hasn't so. heard of the Camino, can you guys give a little summary? A little summary? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like like a s- few few sentences on what is it, why is it important. Yeah, and Danielle's walked hiked yeah. the Camino twice yeah. as well. So yeah. uh, the Camino of St. James is the route to the tomb of St. James the Apostle and the uh, in northwest Spain in the town of Santiago and it's a tradition for pilgrims to walk the route or many different routes but to walk the route to his tomb so uh, Juliana and uh, the group this summer we walked 161 miles get it done over Mm -hmm. 11 days uh, lots of blisters yep right lots of fun staying in hostels along the way yeah uh, and ending with um going to the cathedral in Santiago. Yeah, absolutely. If, if I could circle back and yeah. maybe just touch on something that I think would be, I'd love to know a little bit more about. When you were yeah. at this conference and you were like, and God really spoke to me, yeah. can, you, can you say a little bit about like, what, what did he say? Yeah. What did it sound like? So, like I kind of mentioned, like God, 
doesn't speak to me in very like loud incredible ways usually it's through another person sure um or just kind of very gently um but at this time I think it was a time in my life where I really needed to hear this all he said was you are loved wow and like you are my daughter um yeah and I don't think I'd ever like pursued that kind of a relationship with God um and so just just to know that like I felt so free and yeah it's it's weird for me to talk about just because again it doesn't like happen to me very often um but yeah I just remember crying and the girl next to me was crying so we were just kind of like sitting there together and I was like I feel kind of disrespectful right now because technically it's adoration but I just like can't control myself right um right. so yeah that, that was really really incredible but like I said that hasn't that's maybe happened it happened on Camino yeah. where God really spoke to me in another um kind of profound way but other than that, it's it's usually pretty pretty gentle. Those are beautiful stories of encounter. Thank yeah, you for sharing them. Yeah, of course. So you mentioned Acts 29 as being mm-hmm. one of the concepts, one of the aspects of the letter you like a lot. And yeah. I, I love that too because I'll talk with people like, yeah, so we're doing Acts 29 as like one of the ways we think about what the church is is living right now yeah. and they're like oh okay and then I'm like because there's 28 <laughs> chapters in mm-hmm. acts and that's yeah. not a chapter yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what we're doing yeah. now they're like oh now i get it yeah. so i feel like it's really cool like code language almost yeah for those uh for those of us in the church or, or to talk about how god's continuing the work he did in scripture yeah uh, into our lives into the continuation of what the church is doing yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's so easy for us to like look at the New Testament and be like, yeah, Jesus did all these things, right. but that was Jesus. But then Jesus is gone and acts and, you know, right. for, for some of it. And the apostles are still doing these incredible things, like so boldly, like not even worried at all. Um, which some of the moments in scripture that like blow my mind the most is when Jesus is like, come with me. And it says like, then the apostles went. And I'm just like, you didn't question anything. Like you just like <laughs> dropped everything and went like, what? But that's how I feel acts is like, yeah. you know, Peter and John walking into this temple and the guy's like, do you have money? And Peter's like, nah, but here's this. And then <laughs> right. he just gets him along. Like what? So it's crazy. It's just like, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's crazy, crazy thing happening after crazy thing after crazy thing. And there's a lot of action going on. But um, that huh? was a good point. Huh? Yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. So, you know what? <laughs> something that I saw, and I, I thought it was really interesting. You mentioned um, that you, you're you really interested in meeting people where they are. Yeah. What does that mean to you? How are you seeing that in your life? Yeah, I think that's something that I struggled with early on and kind of realized, and I'm trying to change, but, um, you know, it kind of took me, I feel like, a long time to have to realize – have that relationship with Christ, like not based on fear. And so I'm like, okay, well maybe some people still have that. Like I, I know I can't even imagine still having that kind of relationship with God right now. So that, that they, fear-based relationship. Yeah. Right? So I'm like, if someone has it, they don't even know what it's like right. to, to not live like that. And so I think just talking to people and not being like, well, this is what I think all the time, just asking them. And then maybe like they'll talk, which like, I, I after college I read How to Make Friends and Influence People mm-hmm. by Dale Carnegie and like that kind of changed my perspective a lot too. Yeah. Like as in, like I like to listen, but then like 
you got to do something with what what you just listened to. Yeah. Um, so listen to people and then challenge them or be like, well, I used to think like that too. And then they're like, wait, really? Yeah. Um, so it can really have a lot of impact if you tell people they're not alone. Um, yeah. Danielle, you do a lot of this, right? I mean, meeting people where they are. You're, you're involved with a lot of things outside the church as well. Your, yeah. your world isn't mm-hmm. just like those who are at mass on Sunday. Do you find that like life-giving for you or is that yeah I don't know scary challenging like what do I do here so I'm in a really interesting (coughs) spot so I work at a church in southwest Detroit okay wasn't sure if you knew that so um the church is it's St. Anne it has a lot of historic significance and it has a lot of cultural significance as well as spiritual significance so because of this we have hundreds of people come to the church for tours and they're interested in learning about the history and they even say this on the phone to me they're like <laughs> we're a historical society so we're just interested in the history and i'm like hey and i'm like there's no way to separate these things so um but it's really interesting so like you know a lot of people they come through and it's, you know, I'll just give them, you know, intro, intro course to Christianity. But sometimes, especially when children come through, um, I realize that I'm the first one telling them the story of Jesus. Mm. And it's, it is so like amazing and humbling to tell someone Mm. like the best story I've ever heard in my life. You know, this, a child would be like, why is Jesus in like, you know, this picture of a cave or whatever, and then to start to tell someone the story of salvation is an incredibly, like, intimate thing yeah. in a way to be like, this is the most beautiful thing I know, and here it is for you. Yeah. So that's how I, like, meeting someone where they're at, though, to, like, not know anything about Christianity, because it's also, like, you know, I'm not like, let's talk about, like, the no. papal letters. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 But as a priest, I mean, I am, I'm always in my clerics, right? right 95% right. of the time. So when people meet me outside of very rare occasions, I mean, they know what they're getting, right? They're getting the right. God guy, right? Yeah. And, and they know, uh, which has a lot of advantages to it. But I think, you know, the role of the laity, the role of where both of you are, yeah. provides an opportunity to kind of do the stealth attack um, yeah. <laughs> like building relationships building yeah. friendships yeah. with people um, yeah. that that their guard is down a little bit more um, as you build that relationship not to keep coming back to Camino but I think when I came back from the trip people were like how was your trip and like right. they think of it as just like I went a on vacation. a backpacking yeah. trip a vacation and then right. I'm like it was really good. I had a lot of good prayer time. And they're like, wait, what? Like, they're not <laughs> expecting that answer right. at all. Like, you took three weeks away from life to pray. Yeah. And so that really opens a lot of good doors um, for good conversation. So when you do something like that and you're, you know, sharing it. Right. Yeah. The, the, it engages people, right? Yeah. They're like, whoa, 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 what, what does that mean? Yeah. What are you saying there? Yeah, yeah. Another thing that I was reading that I'd just love to hear your perspective on is you talk about that you had families who who mentored you. Yeah. And, like, what does that mean? What does that look like? What has that meant for you in your life? When I came back from that retreat, I kind of was like, who do I talk to about this? The student this? retreat. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, looking back, it was definitely God placing these people in my life. Um, and some of them aren't even Catholic, 
per se, but they're just great examples of like Christian charity or, you know, in their marriage, they have a great marriage that I would really like to emulate. So yeah. Yeah. Just recognizing like, wow, these are people that I would like to, like we said, like be in my tribe or, um, you know, be like when I grow up, like, yeah. So I've, you know, two that come to mind, just two couples that come to mind right now, but yeah. I think, you know, that gets to hospitality, which is something the letter Unleash the Gospel talks about time and again, which is one of these things like we're all trying to figure out. And not just hospitality, but radical Radical, unusually gracious hospitality. Uh Yeah. You know, we've talked about the Camino a few times, but just thinking about how that can create the space to give and receive when you're not like on your normal yeah. normal ground yeah. right where you you're kind of thrust into these relationships with people yeah. like how do we do that here yeah. in Detroit like in our parishes and our homes and our lives like what does this radical unusually gracious hospitality mm-hmm. look like um I think one of the things on Camino that like really what impacted me a lot was how generous everyone was with everything that they had brought. So like I maybe, you know, had run out of shampoo or soap or laundry soap or whatever. And like someone would be like, oh, I have this, like just mm-hmm. use it. And then the next night, you know, I would buy some and then like or share it with brush, them. Or a toothbrush, right? Sharing a toothbrush. Oh gosh. No, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> or the needle to pop the blisters. Oh, Popping blisters, gosh. yeah. So just Anyone like, listening who has not been on the Camino is like, like, what are what they talking the about then? So you'll just have to go. Yeah, so you'll know what we talk about. that yeah. in real life. But, but it does make you like a pilgrim Yeah, yeah. in kind of not having everything that yeah. you need. And, and I think there's a way the pilgrim image has been so important in our church yeah. for what it means, not just when we go away for a couple of weeks, but how we live exactly, our lives yeah. right? as pilgrim yeah. people on a journey, but also not being not being satisfied with yeah. everything we have yeah. and creating room to invite other people in. You know, I was sharing this story with someone not too long ago about uh, a couple, a family that I know who was praying and talking about unusually gracious hospitality mm. and thinking, what does that mean for them? They have four, go- four girls and there's a, a woman who lives across the street from them, an elderly woman by herself and, um, you know, this couple was talking about, well, what, is, what does this mean, unusually gracious hospitality? And the wife was telling me it was just really clear to her that it was incorporating this woman more into their lives, mm. having her over for dinner, spending time to say hi to her, to yeah. be kind for her girls, to interact with her. And that was what unusually gracious hospitality yeah. meant for them and their family. And I think... That, to me, was just an awesome way to think about, yeah. okay, well, how am I doing that in yeah. my life, right? How am I being gracious in a way that opens myself up to those who I could easily kind of shut out in my life? Yeah, definitely. And I think it goes back to Acts, too. So he's, mm-hmm. you know, when they that in Acts, when he talks about, like, how the early Christians lived, like, they lived in community, and they shared everything together. Like, they didn't, everything that they owned, they considered to be everyone else's as well. So I... So in in the pastoral letter, one of my favorite parts, my favorite part is the foundational conviction. And it talks about these aspects here of what this countercultural way of living looks like. And it ends with joyful confidence in the providence hmm. of God. I underlined that as well, yeah. In stressful times, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like joyful confidence that God is going to take care of us, even if yeah. it's hard, 
even if I'm stressed out. Like, yeah. that's what it means yeah. to be a disciple, to be a, a, a joyful missionary disciple, is that no matter what's going on, yeah. that uh, God is my father. You know, you talk about your yeah. conversion story, like yeah. having that identity. Yeah. And just kind of living out of that day by day. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's simple, but it's really hard. It's really hard to do. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Do you guys have in your lives people like Bianca who you could point to and are like, they are doing the foundational thing? Like, yeah. I mean, that, it's a hard question, right? Are there people who are knocking this out of the park? Right. Yeah. You know, I think the more, I'll let Juliana jump in here too, but I think for me, the more we get into each other's lives, the more yeah. we see the messiness of it. Right. And and <clears throat> that messiness is where God loves to work. He loves to work in that, those imperfections that we can kind of give over to him, let him redeem those, and then make us more into this band. Yeah. I love this section, which kind of comes back into the the, the joy part of it is like wa- accompaniment. So yeah. walking with someone, like I think that is so huge. So like you can easily get discouraged by the bad things in your life if you have no one to kind of share with or you don't have someone to remind you. Yeah. Like, you know, God is with you. Sometimes you need a reminder. Sometimes you right. forget. And so just having people to walk with um, and, and remind you of those things. And one thing that you said earlier is you were just talking about um, – Looking for a community to, yeah. and I wrote it down to help me be a saint. Yeah, and I, I, the a thing that's cool about the term accompaniment is it's like, like you have to have people that you can follow. You know, people yeah. that you're like, you're my inspiration person, yeah. and I like it. And then yeah. there's like other people who, you know, are the people who, um, you're kind of like leading and directing. But the accompany people are yeah. like a specific beautiful yeah. crowd who are like, in it with you. Yeah, as a priest. Um, it's so important for for us, yeah. you know, for for me as a priest, to have brother priests who we kind of uh, can be with. So I was on a conference call. It's kind of a dorky <laughs> way, but last night no, at nine thirty, yeah, really, with five other guys just sharing life together, talking about like the yeah. joys and the struggles, and you know we, we've been trying to do it, and we thought like nine thirty at night is going to work. We're like we don't have meetings at that time. We're not going to bed at 9.30 at night, yeah, maybe, <laughs> uh, yeah, w- whatever, we, we're not going to bed at 9.30, yeah, yeah. no, um, but it was a time for us to kind of share the successes and, yeah. like, what what we need to be accountable to each other for, and that was great. Danielle, do you have people who you kind of, like, either yeah. either look up to or you can walk side by side with? Absolutely. Um, I'm grateful, you know, I am grateful for the, I actually, through the grace of God, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the priests in the Archdiocese, which is totally cool. That's actually, awesome. Actually, yeah. your friend, um, Father Paul Snyder, who walked, yeah. shout out, um, yeah. earlier you were mentioning when I said, oh, where would you like to travel? And you said, oh, the UP, I've got a set of girlfriends. I'm like, I got a set of girlfriends too. Yeah, like, yeah. like the really beautiful women who you can just be completely honest with, you know, like, this is where I am. This is what's hard. This is. Well, and I think, yeah, the sharing the hard things in your yeah. life and the things you are struggling with and the things you need to be held accountable for. I think you don't share that with all your friends. But right. Having those group of people that are specifically there in those bad times as well as the good. But like, yeah, if you can find people like that. Yeah. People you can invest in and people who invest in you. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what accompaniment is. It's not yeah. just kind of like. It's not dropping just take, 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 take. Yeah. 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 But it's really kind of living life together, yeah, sharing exactly. the joys and the challenges and yeah. investing in them and, yeah. and letting them invest in you yeah. as well. 
yeah. a band, as it were. A band with different instruments, hopefully playing the same song. Right? Yeah. I was actually setting you up to say of joyful, joyful mission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a setup. Failure. Yeah, so. it's okay. Let we me, tried. Yeah. We got it. We'll work on it. All right. Well, Juliana, <laughs> well, it's you. been awesome having you with us. Yeah. Do you have a, a, a scripture verse or a prayer or anything like that you want to you wanna share with us as we close out? Um, something that I've been meditating on a lot recently is uh, Our Lady's uh, kind of request to do whatever he tells mm-hmm. you. So trying to uh, reflect on that and pray about that uh, and hopefully hopefully get some guidance there. So, Amen. Can we close so with a Hail Mary then? Yeah, absolutely. Hail Mary. Full, Full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Amen. Thanks. Thank you. Well, that was a great conversation we had with Juliana Carlini, hearing about how her faith grew in college and to hear about how her peers helped her grow as a disciple of Jesus and how Unleash the Gospel, especially the summer during her pilgrimage, was a way for her to grow closer to Christ and be ready to share the gospel more fully. Looking forward to the way God uses Juliana and so many more here in the Archdiocese to unleash the gospel. Next time, we'll talk to Joe Balistrieri, Director of Music for the Archdiocese of Detroit. We'll hear how Joe is unleashing the gospel. Be sure to subscribe and like us on iTunes and to bring your friends along for the ride. And if the Holy Spirit has inspired you while listening today, be sure to pass this episode along to someone else who might enjoy it. Open Door Policy was recorded and produced at Sacred Heart Major Seminary for the Archdiocese of Detroit by Ron Pangborn, who is baffled when... People say I look like Anne Hathaway a lot. I'm Father Steve Polis with Danielle Center. And this has been another episode of Open Door Policy.